Okay, so good day to you, Meredith. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really well today because my house might be selling. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, that's fantastic. <laughs> it is fantastic. Little, little stress reduction there. Yes, indeed. Oh, a preemptive congratulations to you. Yes, manifesting it right now. All right, we welcome back fellow humans, we've got another really good show for you. Um, this is a continuation in the extreme environments, aka your indoor environment. And uh, it's it's fun. I know I say this about all of them, but it's a really good one. What do you think? I really like this one. It's uh, I think it's really approachable for a lot of people. They're going to be able to... Yeah. Um, look at their you can't really see the bacteria <laughs> right <laughs> you can see the sun we talked about the mm -hmm. sun a little bit last time but this time it's more about literally what's inside your house and how you interact with it yes yes definitely uh want to mention the sun uh our first podcast sponsor thank you sun <laughs> really appreciate that so uh a little support everyone go out and uh Look at the sun. Get in the sun. That's right. Show some love to our first podcast sponsor. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we really, we, we touch on, it, it's a common theme, you know, movement and our environment and the physical interaction with our environment. But we really look at it from a different perspective, which is what we do here. And I think a lot of people will find this, that it resonates. Yeah, and I'd like to name drop a few people to, yes. to start because a lot of what we're going to talk about has been discussed at length by other people, in particular um, Katie Bowman over at Nutritious Movement. I would totally go check out her uh, site. It's a great resource. Um, Daryl Edwards, the fitness explorer, and Erwin yes. LaCour of MoveNat. And we also would like to um, hat tip to Jake Steiner over at endmyopia.org if you Absolutely. are ever interested in curious about why your eyeballs might be so bad. <laughs> um, Jake's the man. Exactly. Yes. If you find if you find the the section where we talk about myopia in this podcast at all interesting or resonating with you. Um, look him up, uh, either on the web or Facebook or in iTunes. He does. He's done a bunch of different podcasts, as well as you interviewed him a while ago. I did, yeah. For the roots of health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to link to that. And one. a definite, a definite special shout out to Daryl Edwards, who we met uh, last week at Boulder, Colorado, at the Ancestral Health Symposium. Uh, magnificent guy, um, just fantastic, ridiculously smart, yeah, and, and we, crazy talented. What, a week ago today, it was a three-hour yes. primal play workshop. So we played for three hours, and we felt it for five days. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Yeah, awesome. Total paradigm shift. Yeah. So worth worth it. Awesome. I really hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, it was really fun, and we'll see you at the end of the show. Yep.
So I wanted to talk about more extreme environments in, on the indoor varietal. Because we've already talked about bacteria. We've already talked about how there's no sun or nature or natural surfaces. And today I wanted to talk about how your indoor environment literally shapes you. Right. So the talking more physical nature of the effects of our extreme environments, our extreme indoor environments. Yes. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how best to visualize this. And maybe it's if you were to imagine a plant and you put that plant in like a glass box and you let that plant grow it's going to end up running into the sides of that box and if it grows out of control it's going to be totally restricted and confined by that box and and shaped by it so that plant's going to look like a green cube in the end and I yeah. know that most of us probably won't grow to fit our <laughs> space like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen the documentary Wally? <laughs> you you keep saying this. <laughs> it's I see it. I just see it happening. Yeah. So but the point is, yeah, the, we we evolve, we evolve and grow. well not evolve in the sense of uh thousands of years, but we adapt to our environment. Like right. we can't even help it. That's we are going to adapt to our environment no matter right. what. Right, you can't decide so not to. Yeah, it's up, right. You can't opt out of that. Right. So you have to make the proper choices because you you're affecting how you are growing, mm -hmm. how you're adapting and your health. So you have to you have to take that into consideration. Right. Just like the plant. It's it's adapting to its environment. It right. can't grow its system the way it's supposed to. And it does the best it can. You see this like uh, the kids do it in classrooms and pre-K rooms and stuff like that, where they drop the bean in the in the soil and they inside of a plastic bag so that they can watch the root system go. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, and you see that it comes up against it. And when you pull that when you pull that plant out of a pot, you see the root system is shaped like the pot. Yeah. So it's adapted to its environments, and we're no different. Right. Exactly. Roots in a pot. That's extreme. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. who, who did who decided to do that ever? Those guys. Way so, back. so there's lots of different ways that our homes or offices or any other indoor environment can shape us physically, and one of them that may not be super intuitive to people is our eyesight. Our eyesight. Our eyesight. Because when you're outside, what are your boundaries? How far can you look? You can look as far as you, yeah. as far as you can see outside, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're in a city, you still have some built environment, so you might only be able to see the buildings in front of you or whatever. But right. if you're out in the middle of nowhere, the horizon can be pretty far off, and you have an opportunity to focus at that distance. In that your eyes are actually built to to focus at that distance. Like yes. the default state of the muscles in your eye are 
when they're relaxed, it's your distance vision. And so many of us, myself included, yourself included, Indeed. have crappy distance vision. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and why would that be? Well, right? like you said, uh, you can see as far as you can see, yeah. as far as your eyes can see. And if your eyes can't see that far, then it, you have to ask these questions. Like I try to reverse it around a lot of times. It's like, well, why can't you see that far? Because you don't look that far. You know, that's the same, the same scenario when uh, people have trouble getting up off the couch and stuff like that. It's like, well, how come you can't get up out of a squat? Because you don't get up out of a squat. You're never in a squat and getting up out of it. Right. You know, everything is raised and then these, you know, you're atrophying those muscles. You can't get up out of a squat, not, not because you're 60. That doesn't mean anything. Has anyone seen Mark Sisson? No, it's nothing. Right. You just, it, it's because you're not using that. You're, you're atrophying these systems. The reason you can't see, in a lot of cases anyway, I mean, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with an eye. But in this, in this case, what we're talking about here in this instance, the myopia that develops is it's, you've casted your eyes by your environment. You know, because we're we're animals. We're not plants. We're not going to literally become square. You know, with imprints of, <laughs> well, I I don't know. I don't. Know, but, feet, our feet are literally well, becoming <laughs> shoe shaped. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. So I take that back. Yeah, our, our yeah, we're, we're squaring off a lot of our features here, but you know, we adapt in different ways, and that's that's one of the ones. We if you're not using it, your body's not going to put the energy in it to develop it. That's right. not this. That's not the operating system of the human. The human is, it needs the input to build these systems. Just like all the other things we've talked about before, like your immune system, it needs to be challenged. Like, uh, you, know, your, you know, your muscular system. You don't just, if a, a human can do a pull-up, right? Like, the, the, they're perfectly capable of doing a pull-up. But not all humans can do a pull-up. Because not all humans do pull-ups. <laughs> or trying to what. do pull-ups, yeah. right. Yes. Right. But once you start trying to do pull-ups, you will eventually be able to do a pull-up. You will. It's because those systems, you have to put the input in for your body to develop that. Your, you know, your, natural, your natural destiny is to see far, like, you know, like, a, like a native hunter out in the woods, mm -hmm. you know, seeing the distance, you know, picking things out. But if you don't use that, you're going to lose it. Right. So the special thing about our eyeballs is that they're designed for a, a dynamic focal length so they move and so you can uh when you're young and fresh and <laughs> before your eyes have adapted to your indoor environment you can look at a di i'm looking at a distance right now you can look at a distance and then um look close up and you can and your eyes will adjust naturally because you've got a healthy muscle in your eye that's allowing you to change focal lengths like that and so um, step one, when somebody has bad distance vision, they go to the eye doctor and the eye doctor says, yes, you need a prescription, you need glasses. And so they stick glasses in front of your eyeballs, which then starts to, your focal length then becomes more static because now you've got this yeah. screen in front of your eyeballs. Even less work, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and when you're, so when you're inside, what's your, you know, the biggest room in your house? I don't know. Yeah. For most people, what, 30 feet, you know, maybe, I was maybe thinking, down a hall. You might Yeah, like 20 sick. feet in my house probably is the farthest right. I can, I can look inside my house. 
Um, and if I've got all of my windows covered up, I'm not seeing even beyond my my walls, right? right? So I'm just seeing right. the, that distance. And so my eyes are getting adapted to changing focal length only within 20 feet. And so it's no surprise when I go outside and I feel it looks a little blurry at first at a distance. And you know what I do? I just look in a distance for a while and it comes back. Um, there are there are ways to correct your vision naturally using your power of adaptation pretty much. There absolutely is. There absolutely is. And um, spending more time outside is part of that equation yeah. for sure. Yeah, just making a conscious effort. I had this, I, I have a good story that fits perfectly with this. My son just got into baseball and he has glasses also. Not, you know, not that bad, but he needs glasses. And uh, occasionally, he, so we got him some contacts because he's just crazy athletic and into sports. So that was just the way to go. But a lot of times, you know, being a teenage boy, he will forget his contacts. And he noticed a difference about like what he could and couldn't see, you know, how, how well he could see the ball, how well he could see the pitchers, you know, like and, and other people on the field and where they were looking and that kind of thing. So I had this conversation with him where I told him about this. And I said, you just you just have to practice. There are things you can do to build the muscles in your eye because like you were saying, the eye physically moves and adjusts. And I told him, you know, just look at a distance. And when you're looking at a distance, don't, you know, don't just look at it, but like try to focus on stuff in the distance. You see something in the distance, you see a sign. No, I can see the sign. Well, I know you can't read the sign, but try to focus on the sign. That'll, that's, you know, that's your, that's your eye pull up right there. You know, right. That's your, I, it's like, do that. And within, within a matter of weeks, he said he noticed a difference. He's like, Dad, you won't believe it. I forgot my contacts, but I could see the ball this time. When it was coming down, like I could, I could pick out the lacing on the ball. I was like, I, it's getting a lot better. I was like, see that? There you go. Apparently, awesome. Apparently, I do know something. <laughs> and somebody's listening. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Very good. That's it. I used up my one good listening for the year right there. <laughs> All right. Well spent, I think, though. Yes, right. So, yeah. So, eyeballs. So, eyeballs are casted inside. Yeah. That's, I don't think that's something that a lot of people think about, but um, I think there's a, a heck of a lot of truth to that. Right. So what else? What else well, the shape changes you? The shape and the, uh, the architecture of our indoor environments too. It's all very crisp and linear and um, exact shapes. You know, everything is standardized, you know, door heights, or knob night, you know, heights, uh, you know, shingle width, um, tile, you know, it's, it, there are all these very exacting codes, you know, stairs, they're always flat, they're always, you know, eight by eight or whatever they are, you know, they're always that exact same distance, like you have no, you have no input into your neurological system to adapt to anything. It's always completely safe. There's no way for you to, to have to pay attention to your surroundings, and that's also atrophying. The, the, the ability to pay attention to your surroundings. And not only that, but the stimulus that your brain needs to see different shapes in nature. All these shapes that we evolved with that seem to repeat, like uh, the Fibonacci sequence and things like that. We're not, we don't incorporate that into our architecture, and it's been sort of pushed out. And I mean, that's, that's a missing element. Yeah. And I think that has an effect. 
Yeah, there I'd love are to see some studies on that. There are very few natural shapes inside, and there's a whole lot of flat, flat things. Um, I would bet 100% of the people listening have flat floors. <laughs> 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 maybe not in the basement maybe there's like a subtle pitch to the drain but um yeah. it's flat flat yeah. um so there's no terrain there's no texture right. inside um so your feet aren't getting a workout for sure right and um yeah so they're standard i never thought about it that way they're standardized so wherever you go yeah. you pretty much have you're practicing the same way you walking up the stairs all the time because you you aren't thrown for a loop it's right. autopilot inside. Every single step, every yeah. single time, the same exact input. Yeah. There's no variance. There's no difference in, you know, and, you know, evolutionary speaking, to take that into context, you would, you would need to be stepping up onto branches and over branches, under branches, onto rocks, off of rocks, you know, jumping puddles, whatever. You know, these are things that also, even when we, when we do exercise, where <laughs> we think, and we are doing good, so I don't want to minimize that. But we're going from our, our box of a house into our little box of a car and driving to the box of a dream, and <laughs> we're doing all sorts of things like box jumps. <laughs> 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 Human life is a life full of boxes. We think in the box. Yeah. We live in a box. Yeah. And ironically, the box jump is probably a pretty good move. And they probably don't do, um, they probably don't make it into like a jump on a log jump because they're afraid you're going to twist your ankle because, again, you don't yes. jump on logs. Right. Well, I do. <laughs> Some people do. I, I leap about. I leap about. I leap about in the forest. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I, do. I, I totally I believe it. <laughs> I would take video, but I'm busy leaping about. Leaping, leaping about, yeah. Don't mess up. Well, there, don't mess with the leaping experience. <laughs> well, there are and, and there are modalities out there that uh, that take this into account. You know, there are the whole movements of natural natural movements out there, and Daryl Edwards and Erwin Lacour are doing fantastic stuff out there. Um, the exuberant animal guy. So, you know, there it's out there, and it doesn't have to be this extreme. Induction, you know, like just put a loincloth on and just go on through the woods like Tarzan. Like Frank. You, know? you got like, you to you build up. You got to build up. You got to ration that stuff out. You can't just jump full loincloth swinging. Right. Wow. Uh, something's going to get hurt. <laughs> so you're talking about this standardization stuff, and I was, it got me thinking. When we redid um, our bathroom... The contractor who did it was some probably six foot five or six. He was very tall. And he was talking um, to us about how he's got this great product called the Comfort Toilet, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which would be comfortable for him because it's about six foot high. <laughs> <laughs> so... Toilets. Uh, let's just talk about toilets for a second, because. <laughs> so you box jump onto. So the you toilet. box jump onto the toilet. So Squat this to this business. toilet Perfect. is a all toilets are a piece of furniture. Right. That, that we sit on to take a crap, 
and we, um, our bodies are not designed to sit in that way. To yeah, to poop in to that poop way. In that way, yeah. yeah. And and in this case, and in, in the case of the toilet in my home, it even cuts circulation off to your legs right? if you can't reach the floor. <laughs> it's horrible. So they, yep. so that's something that will literally, it literally shapes your body and the geometries of your guts pretty much. So you, yeah, your toilet is probably constipating you in some way. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. that's shaping you in big ways. Um, that's yeah. It's kind of funny to think about and it's a, I don't know, it's an interesting topic. Some people get squeamish about it, but there is a fantastic video that uh, Squatty Potty put out. Uh, it's been out for a little bit now, but uh, I, don't know, I know there's a bunch of listeners that are going to be laughing along with us right now. Maybe we can put that in the show notes or something if we can ever figure out how to put show notes in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned on that. Or come to our Facebook page and we'll post it there. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's a it's a horribly uncomfortable video. <laughs> it's really awesome. <laughs> it's it's the best. It's oh, the best. It, it we wouldn't do it justice if we tried to explain no. it here. So you're just gonna have to go watch the the. I'm not even gonna say anything. Just right. go watch the yeah. Squatty Potty video. Find us on Facebook. Check it out, right. or get a hold of us, and we'll send it to you. Right. But the the basics are in a very funny and amusing way. They uh, explain how your internal organs are kind of set up for you to eliminate in a squat. Like that's, that's the way you do it. Right. And when you don't, there's, there's consequences like everything. Yep. There's consequences. That's right. So I had to buy a squatty potty for my toilet in order for it to be functional. And I like it a lot. And now I miss it because the house is on the market and the squatty potty is Oh, no. Noticeably absent. I'm just going to go outside anymore. <laughs> right next to the chickens. Yeah. Well, not too close to them. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, eyeballs and pooping. <laughs> Those are two ways that your indoor environment um, casts your body. But another way would be things like, well, furniture. We can keep along that um, train of thought. So how often, I guess this is something to ask yourself, how often do you sit on the floor? And um, my strong suspicion is that people don't sit on the floor a whole lot, particularly when presented with a couch or a dining room chair. Right. Or any sort of seating in the house, because that's exactly what the seating is designed for, for your butt to sit in. But what that s- furniture robs you of is that whole space between where your butt sits and the ground. And you're not, you're no longer exercising in that zone. You're not moving between two foot off the ground and the ground anymore. And that's, believe it or not, is changing your the strength of your body and the alignment of your body by not being able to get down there. The length of, uh, the, the length of ligaments even 
there's a lot of shortening going on in, in, uh, in the human body. Yeah, the calves and the hamstrings yeah. are getting... Yeah, hip are, flexors and whatnot. Yeah, they're all tight. People say they're tight. Well, they're, they're not used. <laughs> yeah. So they're going. So, they're going away. Yeah, people yeah. can't squat. And then it's like, well, because you don't squat. Yeah. So, yeah, so that. and that's like, a, that's a pretty easy fix because that just yeah. at least sit down on the floor, start sitting on the floor once a day or, you know, get some pillows or some cushions and um, make a new seating area on the floor in your house. But if you can do that, that's something that I like to, I don't know if it's sharing with people, but just make them aware of. If you can sit down on the floor every day and stand back up on your own without support, and you just do that once a day for the rest of your yeah. life, when you're 85, 90 years old, you're going to be able to do that. You're going to be able to sit down right. on the floor and get back up off the floor. And one of the most horrible things that can happen to a little old man or a little old lady <laughs> is falling, right. breaking something, and not being able to do anything about it. Um, That's like a, a, a top problem. It is because you have, if you break a hip, it's the, with, there's something like an 80% chance that in the next year you, you will pass away. Yeah. And it's so fundamental to your strength to use your bones to maintain your bone health. And literally sitting on the ground and standing back up off the ground does just that. Yeah, it and loads. It loads your body. It loads your tissue. It loads your body. That's what you need. You yeah. need those loads. Yeah, and you and you don't really need to deadlift every day. <laughs> it's some people do. I mean, that just feeds them, but that's okay. But you, what you really need to do is be able to do the functional movements of life every day. And sitting down on the floor is one of those things. It is. There's been there's been studies that correlate. I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, correlative studies but i think it's valid and noteworthy how there the association between being able to being able to stand up on your own without assistance to the degree that you can do that seems to correlate directly with life expectancy yeah so the the you know if you've got a senior or an older person that can just that can get up off the floor from laying down with using without using hands you know just can get up all spry then that usually correlates with a long, healthy life. Right. And you've got people who can't even get up off of a chair without the use of, without the heavy use of, of arms and, and arms on the chair and using mm -hmm. their arms and these mm -hmm. kinds of things. Or those chair, or there's yeah. chairs that dump you out, you know, they, they yeah. just, they... Those slow motion catapult things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to see a gremlin get a hold of. That's right. And just... <laughs> I don't know why I always think of that when I see it. Yeah. But yeah, it's and it's directly correlated with life expectancy yeah. according to this study. Right. And that is something Sense. that is something that at any age anyone can begin to practice and adapt to. If you can't get down on the floor without assistance, then you start by slowly lowering your your seated position. So you start by getting a lower and lower chair until you're comfortable getting to that spot. Um, so it's not a, don't, if you can't comfortably sit down in a chair today, don't try just going directly to the floor. It's a, it's transition. It's an adaptation that has to happen. 
But I guess the whole point of this is that most people's house, all people's houses are filled with furniture and uh, seats in particular is what I'm talking about now. And um, you don't have to use it. You don't. <laughs> Just because it's there. That's right. You don't. Not a rule. Not a rule. So also, and also, um, so thing, furniture that isn't chairs are things like countertops. Right. Cabinets. Cab everything within reach. Cabinets. Everything within reach, right. So that's how we design our kitchens with our, our efficiency in mind. And that's a primal instinct to be efficient. It's, it totally this is. This is true. Totally is. So we're doing the humaning thing by by designing this to be the way we want it to be, right? Exactly. And when you think of the context, you know, because we try to bring everything back to sort of a a human context. And you look at all the stuff, like you reach up onto your baker's rack and out of the basket you grab an apple. That's that's just too easy. You know, you're not getting a lot of the input that you would get if you were to, you know, have to maybe climb a tree a little bit or get a stick to knock the apple off or something like that. Right. There's a whole lot of, you're being robbed of a whole lot of natural movement by not hunting and gathering your own food, which is fantastic in a lot of different ways and it allows us to, to create just a magnificent society and culture. But, uh, now that we understand these things, it's noteworthy and it's worth maybe maybe trying to incorporate some of this stuff back. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of an interesting thought experiment is to take a look at your next meal and think about all the energy expended to, that, to, that was put into making that meal by other people. You know, whether it's transportation or somebody else harvesting it or even right. or or some machine harvesting it um and then maybe somebody if you've got chicken on the menu somebody's done all the work to grow and and disassemble that chicken for you you know so there's right. a lot of things uh that we've outsourced to other people and we don't that's just a piece of the puzzle we're not necessarily keenly aware of. Um, so there's a lot of work that goes into your meal before you prep it and get it on the table. Right. If you're even prepping it and getting it on the table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pressing a button on a microwave, I guess, sort of counts as prepping. Yeah. Not in the context we're talking about. Right. And, and, and then where are you prepping it? You're prepping it on a countertop. And uh, right. then you so go outside and try and find one of those. Yeah, Can't. it's a rare thing. It's a rare thing. So if you're outside, and let, well, I mean, a picnic table, right? But that's also a man-made thing. <laughs> if you're at a, right. uh, a exactly. campsite, that's that's where we prep at a campsite on the picnic table, or the top of the cooler. But right. But one of the things that if you didn't have any of these luxuries, you would be basically forced to squat down to the ground to prep your food. And so that's just another, um, it's, it's basically lifting your prep surface to a convenient height. So you don't have to use your legs in the, or your whole lower half to, to prep your food. I heard this really cool hack that, um, through, um, the nutritious movement circles that, 
you can if if you are interested in getting more movement into your life shake up your cabinets and put um put your plates down at ground level rather than up above your counters because the, your plates are something that you access routinely maybe daily and if you had to squat down to find them every day from the lower cabinets in your house then you would you're you're getting a little bit of extra movement in so you can play right. with the placement of stuff in your house to to force a little bit more movement if that's something that you're you're interested in trying to do yeah that's a perfect example of stacking yeah of stacking these little these little ideas and little tips onto each other to to create something that's going to give you a more authentic human experience as you know because we can't Obviously, we can't all just ditch our houses and go into the woods, uh, you know, not for any length of time anyway. So we have to sort of incorporate these things. Now that we know about them, it's our responsibility, if, you know, if you're interested in being healthy, to incorporate them. So these tips are useful. Right. Well, if you're interested in being healthy in this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, in the way I guess that... there's lots of... Different- there's a different, yeah. I think that's a that's just a that's maybe another show entirely. <laughs> what right. is what is healthy? The definition of healthy, and what we mean when we say it. Yeah. We're looking at our indoor environments as um, our indoor environments, but and what it, what it's taking away from us, or what what it's taking away from us in that sense, but it's also separating us in a very real way from the natural environment from which we came from and from which our epigenetics are sort of expected to be stimulated in and expected to get that challenge. And here we are with walls and glass and double walls and double glass and curtains and rooms upon rooms separating us from anything even remotely nature-like. Right. Uh, and, and even when there is nature, it's, it's very man-made nature. Yeah. It's, you know, ma- manicured, leveled, compacted, you know, fertilized and chemically laden lawns, all of one species of grass, you know, and then he's trimmed and, you know, no bushes and trees. And, you know, it's a very closest part of nature is, is a, a, a bit unnatural in the first place, but we're even completely segregated from that. We're completely cut off from that. The roof to the floor to the windows, and that that has an impact too. It's cultivated. 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 That's a cult. Like your yard is it's standardized. Is cultivated environment. Yeah, I, I notice that now when yeah. I walk around. I notice what people do to their. There's this. Um, this space and ownership people have. You have a you know, quarter of an acre you plop your, your house on and then you're the, it's your domain, the outside of your house, your yard. And um, most people are fighting nature the whole time <laughs> in their yard. Right. Right. It's a, it's a, there's a lot of money of spent. Yeah, a lot of money spent to make it just not natural. <laughs>
Just a dandelion. Just a, a, a simple, beautiful little dandelion or a clover. They're considered weeds and they're, you know, they're treated with chemicals and ripped out and all this other stuff. Well, a diverse lawn is a healthy lawn. Otherwise, yeah. it's completely dependent upon the chemical inputs that you have to put in now because you're killing it right down to the microbes. Well, you're, you're also, sterilizing. Yeah, and you're also, there's, there's a cascade effect too because if you're removing dandelions and other blooming uh, quote-unquote weeds, you're affecting things like the insect and bee populations and you're affecting... Any other living organism that relies on those natural plants uh, for their life. Yeah. So, how does that affect our shape? Yeah, right down to the worms, the bugs. Oh. <laughs> well, well, there's there's more. <laughs> there's more. A lot like the uh, a lot like the inside where everything's standardized because, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Our, our lawns have become standardized too. You know, there's, there's always a path. Yep. You know, there's always a sidewalk, and it's always those signs keep off the grass. I want to take cross that off and say keep off pavement. Just cross off grass, right? Pavement. Keep yeah. off the pavement. Yeah. Get yourself on. Get yourself on the grass. Yeah, I guess lots of people don't want you touching the grass. Ironically. Yeah. Why the hell do you have grass? It's kind of like that fancy living room in some houses that nobody's allowed in. <laughs> yeah. What? What's the point of that? That's like not alcoholic beer or decaf coffee. What the hell? No place in my life. So furniture, like more for, <laughs> there's more for about furniture too. It, the other thing that I'm thinking about, and I think we we might have already touched on this in a different show but the beds are another um ah, yeah. thing that is shaping our bodies and not only the height of the bed because a lot of people have a pretty tall bed so they don't have to work very hard to get into it um but the there's a lot of princess in the pea beds out there <laughs> There's a lot of really squishy, squishy, um, and beds are designed, it, beds are sort of orthopedic. I'm thinking about orthopedic yeah. shoes, right? So pe people who are trying to force an arch or keep their foot stable in some way, and they so they stick it in this casted um, structure. And right. beds um, are kind of the same way. People... They're marketed to you for support and for pain-free sleeping and comfort and that kind of stuff. And I think um, what ironically is happening with a lot of people is that they're, they're not experiencing the loads at night on their body that um, will keep them more aligned. They're allowing their bodies to to sink into these comfortable positions that are um, in some ways misaligned. And when you get up after exactly. a restful night of sleep, uh, you're not necessarily in the same, literally not in the same shape as when you went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, literally. Yeah. Literally. 
It's almost. It's a yeah. I like that. It's an author. It's an orthopedic for sleep. It's a sleep orthopedic. Yeah, there's a lot of things like that. I mean, there's these. Um, the what are those beds? The those adjustable beds that people. T- they right. typically typically an um, an older demographic that gets those adjustable beds because it's. Um, Yep. You know, and I can't. You can't argue with the fact that it's probably comfortable for them, and it's that's what it's what their body is it has is screaming for, given the loads it's experienced in life. Um, so it's it is exactly. just a continuation of um, support and comfort rather yep. than trying to adapt to a more um, appropriate environment i would say so sleeping so sleeping frank so sleeping sleeping so if you were uh if you were a human animal if you are a human animal but if you were acting like one (laughs) um (laughs) you would be you would no doubt if you were outside and you were left on your own, your own devices, you'd come up with some comfortable nest type thing, right? You would get leaves or whatever from nature to, to cushion your sleeping experience, but it's going to be on a really pretty firm earth unless you're on the Mm -hmm. beach. The beach would be kind of nice, wouldn't it? Actually, the beach is pretty firm too, because you just dig. I mean, I I can go into that for a while because of quartz and closest stacking and whatnot, but (laughs) We won't do that. <laughs> Geology. Yeah. It is. Right. It is. It's, it's firm. It's pliable. It's movable, right. but right. it's still firm. Right. Yeah. So you you aren't finding necessarily a very soft, cushiony, squishy, um, what's the word? Like elasticy or springy is there's, really springy is the is most mattresses yeah there's there's not there's not much in nature that's going to mimic a, a foot of memory foam no no nothing in nature no. nothing I, I i can't right right so um so the bed the bed is something that there's a couple things you can do to change that environment to transition into something that might support you better. And that would be a couple of things would be to lower your bed so that you actually have that experience of getting down closer to the ground. And the other one would be uh, just increasing like the firmness of the surface that you're lying on. And then um, taking it even a little bit further is pillows and pillows are, um, definitely orthopedic we babies you put a baby in a crib and you're not allowed to give them a pillow like there's just no like you would be cps would be called right there's no pillows involved because likely scenario is that they would just die right (laughs) because you give a baby like any yeah. yeah that's the fear um they're not going to but could be but when a kid is yeah. old enough for a toddler bed, what's what do you do? You throw a pillow under their head. Yeah. Because a pillow is just part yeah. of what we do. It's just what we just do. part of what we do. That's, and, it's part of the culture too. That's yeah. 
that's a big part. That's maybe that's a reason why it's so hard to explain and to make this argument is because the argument's been made against it for so long. Right. It's when you you have a bed, you have a blanket and pillows, and right. that's just the way it is. It's it's not even questions. It's it's just simply what you do when you right. go outside. You put shoes on. It's yeah. like it's not questioned. You know, right. when you get older, you get one of these funky, you know, beds. It's just what you do. It's like right. that's that's one of the things. Oh, Grant, you know. Mom's getting older. Let's, you know, we want to do something for her. Let's get her one of those recliners that come up or right. one of those beds that fold up or something like that. Yeah. And it's 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 ingrained in our culture to yeah. the point where it's hard to make that argument. Right. Like we were talking about with the and the beard podcast about how it's just so ingrained that, you know, all this hair is somehow uncleanly. Right. Well, and and if you want to that was the if you want to look at it the other way, it's like, okay, mom's getting older. Let's prevent her from moving more <laughs> by right. getting her this bed. You know, that makes just, no sense. It makes no sense. That makes no sense. I mean, that's obviously not your intention is to make is to do that, but that's effectively what's happening. And then, so the pillow, right. the pillow right. thing, the, yeah. the pillow thing is interesting because we. Because we gift, we gift those little toddlers pillows, and then they, you know, they don't use them for a long time because they're anywhere but under their head. You, and mom and dad knows that. <laughs> they're just there to make the to uh, to tag the head end of the bed really after it's made. That's it. Right. And then eventually, when they get older, they start throwing this thing under their head because they need the bolster yeah. now because their environment has created, has changed them, has given them a curved back. And so it's more comfortable to stick a right. pillow under your head. And so um, weaning from those super thick pillows is another way to slowly ad- realign yourself, I guess, structurally, uh, because yeah. those pillows are, um, they're supporting your your shape created by your indoor environment. Yeah. Reintroducing a natural human context yeah. into your sleeping sleeping habits. Yes. Or sleep hygiene. That's a horrible word, isn't it? <laughs> 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 it's like sleeping no, sleep sterile fails, Ste- sleep sterile frank <laughs> yeah. it's like hosp- yeah, that, hospital sleeping thing, hygiene has come to mean yeah hygiene has come to mean sterilizing well yeah. that's not necessarily what it means is it no <laughs> i don't think of it that way it's a good point though sleep hygiene sounds clinical it does. it does. It does. Maybe we need some. Uh, maybe that's a transition word that gets people thinking in the proper context. You start saying these words like hygiene, and all of a sudden it has a little bit more validity to it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess people are used, to meet people used where to they're at. Yeah. And right. Not unfortunately. Right. I don't want to sleep hygienic. <laughs> <laughs> You, I want to sleep dirty. Well, thank you all very much for sticking around through our various meandering and shenanigans and tomfoolery and whatnot. I hope you appreciate our 
unique sense of humor as much as we do. Um, and if you do, leave us a humorous review in iTunes. That would really help us out quite a bit getting this show at least on the charts. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, and I wanted to come back to one thing that I said in the show. I made some mention about um, 80% chance of elderly folks dying of after having a hip fracture within the next year. And I think that's a little bit of an overestimate. I can't find the exact number, actually, but it's somewhere closer to 20 to 50%. So um, right. if I actually find some real solid data on that i'll post it in the show notes which is still alarming and speaks to the same point we were trying to make but yep. we'd like to be accurate <laughs> or at least as accurate as the data allows <laughs> yes which as we know can change from time to time yep because true science is asking questions fact right on so in ending, I would like to thank you all for listening, and I would encourage you to stop by our Facebook page or our Twitter account and give us some media, some social media love. Yeah. And if you um, really kind of wanted to, you could stop by my website at forwardhealthcoach.com and sign up for my newsletter, and I send that out on the full moon every month. I was just kind of reviewing that, Frank, and I think I think what I have to say is kind of it's kind of badass. <laughs> there, there are absolute gems hidden away in your archives for sure. Yeah, I can I can attest to that. And if you want to get a little extra warm and fuzzies from us, uh, check out our Patreon page. Head on out there and uh, become a sponsor. Yeah, we'll have a link to that or a subscriber. Sure in the Which show notes um, I think whatever we want to call you you become yeah. <laughs> our friend our friend yeah absolutely <laughs> alright then till next time cheers be well <laughs>